Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to part four of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Thanks very much. And enjoy part four of the podcast. Blood sprays on her white kimono. She kills that last dude. Yeah. And blood shoots out like a fucking garden hose all over her. Yeah. Well, she's got awesome. She's got that reverse grip on her sword, but her sword, it's a smaller, lighter sword. And it's, yes, you know, it's a, a thinner smaller, blade. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of matches her, her frame because she's not a big woman. So it would make sense that she would have a sword like that that can move quicker. And she like moves quicker than the cops who also have swords. So it just it just felt really authentic. I really liked it. It was great. She's got and blood she goes inside all here. Over her face too. Oh, cool. the blood splatters, fucking fantastic! And again, when you watch the Orandi Shii yes animated section from Kill Bill, the exact same thing happens. Right? People get yes. stabbed. And, Goosh! This you know fucking fire hose of blood comes out, and this is where it comes from. Right? Like this is awesome. She goes inside the house here. And uh, Okono has a fucking gun that she's shooting. I totally thought she shot uh, Reiru here. I thought so, too. I totally thought he was dead. But goddamn, Yuki jumps up like the fucking bionic woman. That <laughs> She does. <laughs> little little <laughs> Lindsay Wagner. <laughs> Old school Lindsay Wagner jumped to the second floor. And you just think you think she's going to get her. But all of a sudden, more guards show up. And you're like, oh, shit. And then you're like, oh, good. I'd like to see these fucking guards get dispensed. Right? I enjoy it. But then she throws a quote-unquote thunder sand bomb down to the floor below where, where Okono has fallen and the other guards are. And they're like, don't breathe! Just keep your mouth shut! Holy shit! She threw us a thunder sand bomb! Yeah, it's like, well, then shut your mouth! You're the one doing all the talking! Yeah, stop talking, <laughs> ass clown. But Yuki jumps down here. She doesn't care about breathing the thunder sand bomb. She just starts killing motherfuckers left and right. It's really fun, man. It's really fun. Dude, this movie's great. Like, for real, this movie's great. I actually, I, I ordered, after watching this online, I ordered Lady Snowblood 1 and 2 on DVD to have. Hell <laughs> so yeah. I can watch it again yeah. and again. Because this movie's fucking dope. So she kills a bunch of these cops here. And she's looking around. And Okono's not there. She's laid waste to, like, six or seven cops in this sort of entryway area. And she looks up. Ryurei is okay upstairs. And there's just bodies there's fucking bodies strewn about left and right, but Okono's not there. And she's like, what the fuck? 
oh, cool. and the, the the shot of the tip of the sword with blood dripping off it is fucking great. I love it. As she's waiting, I love that little shot. But she's like, fuck, she's here. She's still here somewhere. And then she sees this little door. And the look on her face when she sees the little cracked open door. Yeah, like, she's, so she's so I'm going to fucking get her. <laughs> goes through the door, goes upstairs, is looking through all the, the little, you know, curtains and, and uh, rice paper doors and stuff. She's sliding them around looking for her. She knows she's up here. She's just trying to locate her now. And the scenery's great. The camera panning along with her is great. You know, her acting's tremendous. Like, she's a little bit winded now because she killed fucking 15 dudes. Yeah. And she finally comes to the point where she walks into this room and she sees Okono fucking already hung herself. Yeah. And uh, you get that same feeling when you saw the grave and you realized, oh, that's the dude that, that died. Mm-hmm. You see Okono hung herself and you're like, fuck! God damn it! Like I just got yeah. robbed of a debt. Yeah. God, what? God, God damn it! I'm so this mad. Is the worst and revenge ever, ever. And her face is great too. She's got that sort of like my left eye is a little bit more closed than my right eye. Yeah. Confused like this, bitch killed herself. Are you... fuck this chick. But again, she's got those multiple emotions in her face because she's staring hard. But her face slowly softens. And she looks like she's hung herself and she looks ghastly, man. The way that they look. Oh, she looks her, awful, yeah. It's great. But I love when in my head I'm thinking, well, this chick is devious enough to like put a strap up her back and fake hang herself. Yeah, or like, so, what? R- well, it, yeah, right? Like my thought was, okay, we'll run this bitch through with the sword just in case. Oh, she does better than does, that. Does she ever? <laughs> <laughs> she does a quick little sideways shep hackety and cuts her literally, like bisects her at the like tenth rib. <laughs> yeah. And just as a quick note, the foley of the blood dripping out onto the tatami mats is great. It was <laughs> it's awesome. So good. And then a little curtain comes down, really nice. Like this film you get a is a literal gorgeous. curtain drop. This film is like about revenge and murder and rape and all kinds of stuff but it is beautiful every frame in this film is like postcard material it's amazing yeah it's really really well done we talked about that when we did kill bill 2 with that that rooftop scene when oren fights beatrix Mm. but this movie is like that like the the whole fucking movie is you pause it and you could frame it yeah, it's like, really cool. Legitimately, it looks tremendous. Yeah, so they they go out here to what is an obvious set, but it looks great being an obvious set. It still looks great of Yuki patching up uh, Reiru here and sort of getting his... Because, I mean, he, again, you mentioned it before. They kicked the shit out of this dude. <laughs> they did. So she's kind of bandaging him up and making sure he's okay. And then we get a quick little cut back here to the prison and uh, Sayo here talking about revenge and whatnot yeah yuki yuki saying that that you know she remembers from the moment that she was born that all she wanted was revenge like she remembers her birth so then they flash back to to the birth so from a filmmaking perspective i think it's great because you know you have a couple of flashbacks in this that it is kind of stuff we've seen before but it just kind of reminds us like fuck yeah your mission was to take these out 
you know, that girl killed herself. The other guy killed him. Like the other guy's dead. And it just kind of brings that back to kind of set your, set your mind in. You're like, yeah, you need revenge. You need revenge. They it's masterfully done. Yeah. It is really, really well done. Ray Ryu here is going back to finish writing his story and he's got his arm in a sling because Yuki patched him up and he's getting a little bit better. His face is still bruised, which I like, but as he's writing, he, he, the guys come in from behind him and he turns around and you see this guy in the, the, the derby hat and the pasted on fucking goatee. But Ray Ryu says, aha, I thought I knew that you're still alive, dickhead. Mm. And when he says that, that little glimmer of like, oh, oh, is that the dude? Yeah, Yuki thought was dead. Like, <laughs> and yeah. then he says, "You're a wretch named Gishiro Tokushin, whatever." Yeah, that guy did die. He died in a shipwreck. And Reiru is like, "Fuck you! You're that guy. You're him. Yeah. You know you're him." It's great. And yeah. we we finally get the payoff from the graveyard of like, oh, th- okay, all right, yay, 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 yay. She gets to kill somebody else now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we awesome. learned that he faked his own death, and now he's an even bigger criminal. How how Bonzo, you know, just became a drunk. This guy actually, you know, started to grow and build this huge empire with guns yeah. and drugs, and he's gone international. Uh, he's got the protection of police and politicians. He's saying that there's going to be big changes a lot of Western culture is going to be coming over here and he's going to be part of it and how, you know, the government can't even buy guns without his permission. Like he's become a real fucking mobster type criminal, which again, whets your appetite even more because now you really want to, you want him dead twice. Like you yeah, felt, you felt exactly. a little bit bad for the, you know, for the drunk guy. You're like, yeah, little drunk guy. Yeah. He probably feels bad because he drinks all the time, but I still want him dead. But this guy comes back and he's just like, mm, I'm super, <laughs> I was evil before, but I faked my own death and now I'm super evil. And you're like, I want you super dead motherfucker. It's great. When you, when you say he's, he's dealing with Westerners more, he's gotten into gun running. Like he, he took, his scam money from the earlier days faked his death, kept that money and then translated it into, like you said, larger growths and expanded into the, like you said, the government can't even buy guns now without consulting him. This is really kind of also a, a societal and political commentary movie on the changing nature of Japan from this kind of isolationist. I think it's the Meiji period until into the more modern international type of of power that it has become and how that's not necessarily good and we'll get to the payoff of that which there is a payoff of that later at the at the costume party the masquerade party yes and i just want to mention that he says i go to lavish balls with hedonistic things where yes. we indulge all of our carnal pleasures and then they go to the ball and it's just a bunch of people wearing little fucking eyes wide shut masks and standing and around like assholes standing around doing the hokey pokey <laughs> it's just like what <laughs> this, man these were repressed people <laughs> i think we have different definitions of hedonistic my friend yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i was just like oh. and then you waltz with a lady <laughs> with a lady you touch her bare hand my friend <laughs> like oh man i was expecting so much more yeah so yeah we get a bit of a cut here now to uh yuki walking down the street in her lavender kimono with this cool ass sort of russian bobblehead doll 
hood thing on, which looks cool. I'm not making, I am making it fun does. of it. It does. But it, it looks does. cool. And she, she passes Gishido on the street in his rickshaw. Yeah. And that's when he reveals to her that it's his father. Yeah. Gishido uh, Tsukamoto is his dad. And she's like, what, what, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that one more time, motherfucker. But she sort of, I think she takes it in stride from him, right? Because he has helped her. Because he comes in and says, she comes in and he says, Gishiro Tsukamoto is alive. And, and she's like, the dude in the rickshaw. And she goes to run off and kill him. <laughs> and he's like, wait, 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 wait. He's, um, he's my how dad. How do I put this? He's, uh, he my dad. And the little flute music cue is pretty great right there. Yeah. I really like that. And there's a pause where she stares with that, like, what the fuck look. And he gives a bit of backstory there, like, God damn it. Have I, once I heard that my dad was one of those shitheads that, that did you, that did you dirty? Mm. I knew I had to help you or whatever. And once, what's her face? Okono got killed. Like, ah, it's hard for me to tell you that Gishiro's my dad. Um, this is this scene's amazing because they lock eyes and all of a sudden we start having these flashbacks. Yeah, it's a good really scene, quick flashbacks of inserting her face with his with her mother's face with the with the grave and the slicing of the flowers. The whole thing just actually just works so well. Again, reminding you of all the different pieces. This this takes little tiny fraction of a second moments that you have emotional attachment to that you've built up through the film and basically just serves them up to you one more time like okay do you remember everything are you feeling ready for revenge because <laughs> we're gonna you get caught it. up huh? like like not not that you forget it but it basically you know gives you that visceral emotional primers where she's about to go kill this motherfucker's dad at the masquerade ball yeah chapter four the house of joy the final hell, which, as titles go, you're not going to get much better than that. <laughs> like you, you're really not. No. And uh, yeah, so so Ryu Ray here is her chauffeur in this this horse drawn carriage Cinderella thing that's bringing her to the ball, and she's got her little parasol with the sword, and she knows what she's going to do. She's going to go in and lay waste to motherfuckers left and right. And I love that she puts the sword down the back of her kimono. Yeah. Fantastic. They've got these little Dutch angles and the snow's falling. Like, it's amazing. It's really good, man. It's really good. They show up to the masquerade party. And again, this is where you get Quentin Tarantino gets, because all the masks are kind of the same. It's very much where the Crazy 88 people got their mask ideas from. And it leads into the Crazy 88 sort of giant sword fight in Kill Bill Part 1. This seems to be where he got that that idea from. Well, I, I always thought the Crazy 88's masks were from Kato. I don't know that, but that's what it made me think of. Like, Really? How well, I mean, were... it, you're right. I mean, it is a Kato mask. But everybody here is wearing, like, nobody's, this isn't a masquerade party because nobody's fucking yeah. dressed up in any yeah. meaningful yeah. manner. They're just wearing the little masks on their eyes. And it's it's cool how you've got the different countries' flags, like you were saying earlier about how you know they're going to be doing dealings with the Western world. And there's white people, and then there's people from Europe, and you know all these different things, and they're mixing about. And she's just sitting in the corner silently, waiting for this guy to show up. Yeah, her mask is cool. I love the kimono with the butterflies on it that she has. It, it looks great. Again, she always. I shouldn't say always. She almost always 
has white as her kimono so that when yes. it gets splashed in fucking blood and violence it later, looks, yeah, yeah. it looks great. <laughs> you know what I mean? She gets drenched in fucking blood later. Tremendous. We do have a bit of a uh, game of death, enter the ninja moment in this movie that's kind of cool. It, I'll tell you, it got me. It got me. It got me too until I realized, like, come on, man, your masks aren't that good in 18 whatever the fuck. Like, fuck, I don't but, care. I don't care. I, at this point in the movie, this movie's so good, I completely let that shit go. Because it's great. She takes her mask off here, and she's wading through this aristocratic ball of asshats. Yeah, because she sees him across the room. Yeah. She's like, oh, there's that motherfucker right there. And, uh, she's, yeah, she starts making her way across to uh, Gishiro's table here. And he's sitting there like fucking Maverick on the riverboat with his yeah, stogie yeah. at the card table. Yeah all alone it's pretty great it's a good shot and uh he fucks off if i'm not mistaken he goes upstairs she after gets the big... there and he, he's she he's fucking disappeared and that's where she finds the secret panel in the wall and you're yes, I fucking yeah. you put a secret panel in a movie and i fucking love it i don't know i'm just that childish and no i'm, I'm like, in. oh secret panel and uh <laughs> he's back there with a sword raised on high and he Ready catches to... her off guard he does yeah the little What's that called? When you smash something with a stick and all the candy comes out of pinata. The little pinata thing breaks open and distracts her for a second, which gives him the little game of death door to flip through. Yeah. And uh, Ryurei sees her go through, and yeah, he's waiting there with the sword up, ready to throw down. And catches her, but she's ninja enough to uh, kind of evade that. She's like, whoa! And he sucks. He should have cut her. Like, why won't you cut horizontal instead of vertical there? Because... Because plot. Because plot. (laughs) Shut up. Because she can't die. Because it's Lady Blood and Snow Blood, man. When when he he gets distracted for a second and looks to the side, and she draws the sword and chops both that motherfucker's hands off. (laughs) And now he's standing there with his little fucking John Lennon glasses and his two fucking stumps and that stupid merkin for a beard. And (laughs) she slices him, and it's very satisfying. You're like, Oh, the fountain of blood that comes out of his shoulder is the shit. Yeah fucking and you're like yes it's finally over she's wait we have like 10 minutes left what's going on and ryurei says wait and then they look down and they realize oh this motherfucker's wearing his little merkin beard's coming off what the shit and then they take his beard off and peel the tom cruise mission impossible rubber face off the dude yeah and they're like this isn't the guy i want to kill is what this Kinjo? No. Is this kid? Is this Kinjo? <laughs> what do you mean? What no. about this guy? <laughs> and that concludes part four of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for the exciting conclusion, part five. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. 
please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes, if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part five, and we will be back in your ears very soon.